Welcome back to Hashtag Single with Jeanette Bonner. I am not a relationship expert or sex therapist. I'm just a regular New York City woman navigating the world as a single, independent feminist. Hashtag Single is about having honest conversations with other singles in today's device-obsessed culture. So I hope you'll join me on this interesting, challenging, and complex journey as we navigate the ins and outs of singledom. Hey guys, welcome back to Hashtag Single. It's me, Jeanette, your host. So excited to bring you our January one-on-one with a wonderful human that I know. Uh, So last January in 2020, when we were all such innocent babies, um, Grace and I, Grace Lee and I met in person in a studio, no less, to record an episode of Hashtag Single, which featured Grace as our January guest expert. Uh, Grace is a dating coach and online dating specialist, and she is the founder of A Good First Date, where she helps singles out with everything from selecting the right photos for their dating profiles to what to say in a text, all to set you up to have a good first date. But... Since Grace herself is single, we thought it would be fun to reconnect and have her on for her own one-on-one episode so we could hash it out about our love lives together and get to know her a little bit behind the scenes. So Grace, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. I, you know, was listening to your intro. I cannot believe that was a year ago that it seems like it was 45 years ago. I know. Wild, wild it's, times. Anyways, it is really fun to be back. Thanks so much for having me. It's. I was just saying this to Mark before you jumped on the podcast. I was like, it's kind of a weird bookend because I was literally like this time last year and how different the world was. Um, just looking, just looking back on that. So this is your, your episode's going to be so metaphorical in so many ways. <laughs> no pressure. Um, and Grace brought her friend Mark to join us as the voice of the patriarchy. Mark, thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for inviting me. Mark oh. has a lovely drink and he's going to yes. sit back and listen like all good voice of the patriarchies do. And then uh, we will check in to see what you have to say later, Mark. So that sounds good. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on, right? Yeah. All right. Uh, cool. So let's uh, let's get in. Grace, you know how this podcast goes. We begin at the very beginning. So let me know how your dating life, your single life is going um, at present in 2020 and, and, and what brought you to this point. It's really funny being on the other side because as a dating coach, I'm so used to hearing <laughs> what's happening in other people. So here's a little you bit know of all of the questions, right? Reflection, yeah. Talk about a uh, bookend. Um, you know, twenty. I don't think I've been single for a while, and I've gone through all different stages of being single, and in, in terms of being post-divorce, um, dating for fun, dating to find a partner. Um, and I, I thought I had kind of figured out my style and what I was looking for. And, and when we spoke in January, I was in a really good place. I feel like um, I was really stepping into my own as a single person, really enjoying dating and for the first time relishing the journey of it and not focusing mm. so much on, on the destination. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> you get to that, that point and then all of a sudden there was COVID and it really, it really threw me. And I was, I was happy that you contacted me because I've been thinking a lot about 
all of the changes that have been happening in my life and some of them are universal and some of them are just for me, but you know, there's COVID. I celebrated my 45th birthday and in June and, um, congratulations. It's always good to celebrate birthdays because it means that we haven't died, but (laughs) um, you know, with, with being online that also really changes has changed my experience. So the long answer to your question of how is dating going right now? Um, I'd say that it's, it's a really, it's a really confusing time to be single for me. Um, I think, you know, being a I guess now I'm an older woman. So being hitting that 45 mark in online dating, um, has really changed the number of the number and the types of matches that are available to me, which is a new and shocking experience to be honest. Um, I think in general, I had sort of escaped that, that conclusion. And now I'm just finding that my matches are really either men under 32 or men over, um, 56. Whoa. Yeah. Wait, wait, what's the range that you have listed? Do you just have everybody? My range, yeah, my range is wide because I'd like to go on dates and I'm <laughs> open to meeting people, but I, it's just been really shocking to me that men my age have, I don't, where, I don't know where they're hiding. They're hiding from me. <laughs> <laughs> Either that or everyone my age is doing just fine. But I, yeah, I just, I don't match with men really my age anymore. So that's been an adjustment. Um, and, and in some ways really great. And in some ways sort of just confusing and discouraging. Um, and you know, finally the COVID piece, wow, that really threw me. Um, because I've been always been someone who pushes for the in-person date Mm. and I'm, I would have never supported video dating. I don't even like to do phone calls. I really just push it to the in-person date. And of course, in COVID situation, especially in March, that was just not possible and not, not advisable. So I actually had to learn how to date. I had to learn how to video date and not just learn how to video date, but also learn how to get excited about video dating and to, um, yeah, to really get into that. So that has been its own, its own journey. And I think now it's really interesting now is figuring out, okay, well now we're in this, in this in-between period where you can meet people in person, but is it worth the risk? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then everything becomes this really eerie, like life or death situation, you know, like, was it really worth me, um, <laughs> you know, getting this drink, like, right. Uh, you know, can I look my children in the eye and tell them <laughs> <laughs> that was so important. Mom got you COVID for exactly. Well, or, this is one of the yeah. things that I find really interesting about you. And I, I think is actually one of the most alluring aspects of you is that you are single yourself and you're also, so you're on the dating journey with people that you're coaching. So it doesn't get any real than that. Like, I love the idea that you're in the trenches with us. You're experiencing all the highs and the lows, all of the outside influences like COVID, like maybe having to adjust to doing a video date that you've never done before so that you're, you're, 
you're the most vulnerable that you could be while also trying to hold other people up. I find that really fascinating. Well, thanks for that. And it means a lot to me because I think it's, it's a fair question. People will ask, Oh, well, you're a dating coach and you're single and, and I get it. Um, but this is not about winning and losing, you know, like I'm not, I'm not dating to not be single. If that makes sense. Mm, preach girl. I love that <laughs> sentence. Yes. Thank um, you. And just because it, just because one dates and doesn't find a partner does not mean that they're necessarily bad at it or unsuccessful. I think we all need to recognize that finding love is as much a function of let's call it basic skill, but it really is a function of luck and timing and serendipity. And what we, the things that we can control are the way that we approach dating and I think our openness and, um, our, our attitude. And there's this book, um, written by this award-winning, uh, poker player. And she talks about how we judge, we judge outcome. We judge our, our success by our, by the outcome. You know, mm-hmm. so if I was doing something, if I was a terrible person with a terrible profile and was a super bitch to every guy, but I got married, then people would look at me and think, wow, she's really successful. She absolutely. Um, whereas the, the way that one really should look at this, and, and this is what she holds. And I think this is true. Uh, Mark's a poker player. So I guess you can I think you're a poker player. Um, you may be able to attest to this, but it's really about your process and it's really about the way that you carry yourself in dating and your experience of it and your, the energy and the mindset that you bring to it. And if you can stick to that, and I've stuck to that, um, throughout my, throughout my dating experience, you stick to that and the outcome is what it is, but it's really the experience of being single and dating that for me, for me at least makes me a successful dater or, you know, obviously I have times where I'm not successful, but Um, I think it's really important for me, you know, when I'm giving advice to people, when people are coming to me and they're heartbroken and they're disappointed and they're frustrated, I'm not just sitting here telling them to, you know, Oh, it's fine. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. I really, I I do understand what that's like, even as a dating coach, even after having dated really, I mean, I think I've probably been on, I don't know, close to a thousand dates probably. Oh my God. Um, What? I still get, (laughs) I still get nervous before dates. I still get upset when people don't text me back, but it's not the same experience that I used to have because I've gone, I've processed a lot of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think you bring up, this is the epitome of the American ideal, right? And this is one of the things that really grates me for this podcast is this aspiration towards, especially for women, because that's the way we've been socialized, this aspiration towards um, the result, as you said. So it is having the ring on the finger, having the husband, having children, having achieved wealth, a house in the suburbs, you know, for kids that are beautiful and well-behaved, you know, and, uh, that for me, I think achieving all of that is like the luck of the draw really, because like all you can do, like you said, is be in charge of your journey and the way you approach people, the way you respond when you're being rejected. 
And it may not really like, what if there is no end game is what I always say. Like, what if this is it? Like, what if this is my life? What should I be aspiring to a better version in the future that I can't control? Or what if I should just be happy in the present? You know, so I give you a lot of credit for having a handle on that. I think that's one of the hardest things about dating. But if, if we will, I just want, I think your, your background is a little more unique to guests I've had on the podcast in the, in the past. So if you're open to it, I just wanted to talk about it a little bit. I haven't had a lot of people, for better or for worse, who've been divorced as guests. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to just like talk a little bit about your background and your journey, if you're open to it. Of course, yeah. So when did you get married? I got married, um, when I was, what, 2000, it was 26. Okay. And I think about, especially nowadays, I've been thinking a lot about what, thinking about aging and thinking about the way we approach dating and and different ages. And when I was in my early twenties is when I met my ex-husband, I was, um, studying in Korea for the summer and it was like the most miserable weather they'd ever had ever <laughs> something ridiculous. So I went on my own to Thailand and was by myself staying at a shitty hotel in Thailand. And that's where I met my ex-husband. Oh, wait, this is like a Hallmark movie, Grace. <laughs> it, was, it was really, yeah, it's like you, you can't really make it up. I mean, we were um, both at this restaurant by ourselves, sitting at separate tables. And then after... The meal, I went back to my room and he called me because, um, the waiters had no regard for my personal safety. So they (laughs) gave him my number and we met for a drink, but you know, I was so kind of like, so like not thinking about anything, like not thinking about, uh, I'm looking for this, just no expectation at all, really sort of brain dead. And but just open to the experience. And so Mm. this really romantic, we rode the Island uh, motorcycle and all this stuff. And then we didn't even live in the same country until we got married. (gasps) And I think about that. I was never, I was never nervous about anything. I was just, I don't know. I was just really headstrong and I was young and probably, I think we were probably, I was 21 or 22 when I met him. And when he asked me to marry him, I was completely took, took me off guard. Uh, I was just not expecting it, not even thinking about getting married at all. And I, I kind of, you know, and prior to that being in grad school, falling in love with someone that I met at a bank and staying up all night talking and, you know, all of those things that happen when you're young, when you're just like so open to it. And I didn't care, like, how much money he made or, right, right. or like if he was serious about, I mean, it didn't, just didn't occur to me, you know, and, and it was just like totally leading with the heart and leading with how someone make, made me feel. Mm-hmm. And I really, so that has, a lot of that has been lost, um, has been lost with online dating and I love online dating. Mm-hmm. So I don't knock it, but I've found myself now really going back to that. Um, and just not worrying about, just not worrying about all of these other things that I used to be so concerned about and just really judging the experience on, well, did I have fun? You know, did I, do I feel good around this person? Right. And, and then just leaning a lot more on that than I used to. Well, you have two things going on at the same time. Like first you said you met him when you were at 21, 22. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so like obviously, I think the way that a lot of us approach relationship—I don't even use—I don't think I used the word relationship when I was twenty-two. Like we were just looking for like uh, honest to God, we were just looking for people to like hook up with or to, as you said, like have a good time with, um, because you feel like you've got so much time and you do to figure that out later. So you have that on your side because you're an open, carefree person who's not, you know, that, that internal wheel that a lot of women have while we're dating of, um, but I, I wonder what religion he is, or is he going to like my parents or my kids going to like him or how are we going to work out if he lives in Los Angeles? Like all that stuff that you can't quiet when you're older, like yeah. that's just not there. Um, but at the same time, like you bring up a really good point. I mean, aside from the fact that your vacation, which is like straight up from the bachelor, like you're going to fall in love. Um, you know, when you put someone on a tropical island and give them pina coladas, like you're going to fall in love. I never thought but, about it that way. That's yeah, no, 100%. Um, but like you, like you bring up a really good point, like pre dating app. Um, I just, we're of that generation. It's like before and after, like I can remember what it was like to live pre iPhone, but I'm also really sad with an iPhone, right? So we're this really unique generation who has both skills. And the idea of meeting someone was just like, I almost envision it sort of like a, like, um, like, uh, a, a pinball, right? Like you're just sort of like at a bar thinking about who you might interact with. Some of them might stick for five minutes. Some of them might be the evening. Maybe you'll text that guy and see him next week. We don't really know, but it was all just about like circumstance, right? Whereas now, you get me to, I have to fill out a form that tells people what I like. And then you gave me like a, a vast selection of men where I get to say yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And you wonder why people can't connect authentically. I, yeah, I, I used to meet people in person all the time and I, I just don't, maybe I'm not open to it or maybe that's, I just I don't know, maybe I'm not attractive enough to meet people on, in person. <laughs> it just doesn't happen for me as much. I, I hear what you're saying on the online platforms, but I do think, I think if we can use the platforms to um, highlight our own idiosyncrasies and things that we might not feel are that attractive, but will be attractive to the right person, there is a way to capture that sort of like the quirkiness or that, you know, that unexpected connection. And mm -hmm. I mean, that is a lot of the work that I do with other people, but that's actually the work that I've done with myself. So I, um, for a while I had this really great dating profile and I looked as attractive as I can look in my pictures, you know, it was me in a swimsuit, me at a cool party, um, me hiking, you know, with attractive friends. Um, my write-up was very like, oh, I like, you know, sort of generic. Um, and I got a ton of matches and I went on a ton of dates and, um, you know, I went on a ton of first dates and then I went on a handful of second dates and I went on five third dates and I did not have a relationship after that. Ooh. So it's, it's fine. Um, and I finally realized like, you know, I actually just want someone who loves music festivals. Like that's really the only thing I care about. And mm. with loving music festivals comes a, a passion for music and be like someone who just likes to leave their house and do fun stuff. I don't care about really their height. I don't really care totally. about what they do. I don't really care about their age, hence the wide range. Just like, give me someone who wants to go to a good festival. 
And so I scrapped my profile and I put a picture of like me at a festival, another one of a festival, me doing a few other things that aren't so typical of a dating profile. And that's what I put on my profile. And I have to tell you, my experience has been so much better now. And I think that kind of connection that you were referring to before dating apps, where it was just more like, Oh, I wonder where this is going to go and everything else. Like I've, I have been able to experience a lot more of that, which I don't know if that gets me closer to finding the one or whatever that means, but I'm definitely just having more, I'm having more fun. And, and I don't mean fun as in like mindless, like shitty fun. I mean like genuine meeting really cool guys and, and having better conversations and just like, I'm just happier in this whole thing. And I feel closer to where I was before when I was dating, when I was younger. Um, I think that, you know, you talked about this, this expectation that society has around like as single people, we are working towards something, you know, we are working mm-hmm. this aspirational aspect of it. And I really agree with that. I think that that pressure and that foregone conclusion in dating really, if anything, forget the judgment, it just sucks. Like it sucks to feel like you're failing at something that you can't get the outcome of. I love the idea of like experiential dating. That is a phrase I just made up, but it's amazing. Um, The idea of like trying to like get a copyright. The idea of trying to date with shared experiences or a love of shared experiences or God forbid, you know, at post COVID, but like having experiences where you can connect versus... I mean, maybe that's really why dating in COVID like doesn't work because you're having all these nonsense conversations that I know, you know, because <laughs> I follow you on Instagram, we're having the same conversations that like go nowhere where you start with like a, Hey, what's up? What'd you do this weekend? Nothing chilled. What'd you do? Yeah. What are you watching right now? And then like, eventually they just like disappear, you know? But wait, I have to share this with you because this makes me think of something and I've never talked about it on the podcast and I'm going to put it on record. Okay. Maybe I shared it with you. I don't know. Uh, a year, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, maybe more than that. I came up with this genius idea of a um, dating company or an app that I'm never going to make because I don't have the resources or the time to make an app, but it was going to be called mysterydate.com. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that you create a dating profile and you select five activities that you like. So for you, it'd be like going to concerts, being outside, um, just guessing here, uh, beaches, motorcycles, <laughs> and, um, and pina coladas, right? Whatever. Um, and then uh, when another person connects on the same things, you match, right? And then the person behind the company sets you up on a mystery date. So it's just like, okay, Grace and Mark, you guys are going to meet at the corner of Lexington and 3rd at 6 p.m. on Tuesday. And you show up and neither of you know what you're going to do. And the company creates like a blind date experience for you, very a la The Bachelor, right? And the reason I came up with this idea is because one time I went on this date where this guy was like, meet me at this bar, bring a light coat and a flask. (laughs) I was like, what the hell are we doing? But I was really excited about meeting him because it wasn't about meeting him and connecting with him. I was like excited about what the hell I was going to do that night. And that's where my brain went. And because we were constantly talking about our activity, we never got weird about the 
interview aspect of the date, you know? So I thought like that would be so fun because people are always like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to a bar? Do you want to go to a restaurant? What neighborhood do you live in? Like, why don't you actually have a company set yourself up and take the weirdness out of it? Um, but you can also connect over those things as well. Isn't that, that genius? Yeah, that sounds super fun. So how did it turn out? The date? Yeah, what did you guys do? Oh, <laughs> um, we went to this bar called the Fireman's Bar, which I didn't know existed, but is like legit a kind of divey bar where all of the firemen go after work on the east side, which I thought was super cool. Um, and then we got on the East River Ferry, and that was the light coat and the flask. And we went over to Brooklyn and we went to Brooklyn Bowl. And that's where we finished the day. And it was, uh, I had the best time. He wasn't the right person, Mm -hmm. but I had one of the best dates of my entire life because, um, like I said, it was just that thrill of not knowing what we were doing, but also being able to talk about something other than like, so where'd you grow up? What do you do for work? You know, like, what's your favorite movie? So anyway, I, that's uh, total sidebar. I just wanted to like, no, actually, think it's of- really, I, I, it's really interesting and it raises, um, a point. I did an article a, a while ago about the bachelor and why I think it's not a good indicator of, um, someone's interest. Um, and I guess the point is not so much the experience that he planned for you, although that's a total kick-ass date, and anyone listening should definitely take someone on that date. <laughs> <laughs> Me, for example. Um, <laughs> or Jeanette. Uh, but it really is about the effort that he put into it, and it's so thoughtful and fun. And that's a big, that's like a big filter right there. Like somebody who would go to the trouble to do that for a first date is already a different kind of a person. That's so true. And so actually by taking it out of the, everyone's hands and having a company do it, you're missing the actual point, which is mm. allowing someone to express to you like, yeah, this, I'm really excited to do this and I want to get to know you. And I always encourage people on dates um, to really ask as few of those questions. I mean, some of those questions are totally unavoidable and and it's fair. I think most people just need to break the ice. And so tell me about yourself is like a totally fair one. But, um, one thing that I like to say, like if I go on a date, the first thing I usually say, I mean, it's not a formula, but it just, it works is, um, like I'll look at the drink menu and I'll say, I'll ask like, Oh, what's your winter drink or what's your summer drink? Or, you know, and then we'll just talk about like gin versus vodka. And usually someone has a bad story about gin. I don't know why, (laughs) but, um, and it just like what you want to do. And and this really speaks to your experience. I think is you want to keep the date in the present or in the future, not about the past because in the date you're trying to imagine like, what would it be like to hang out with this person? And when you project into the future, like, what do you think of this? Or what do you, would you want to do this? Or I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of ad-libbing a little bit. That's when it's exciting. Like it's exciting to be with someone when you can think about what you're going to do with them in the future. Mm. Um, so yeah, I love that. For, I mean, it's I. It's a little bit of a high risk first date because if you really don't vibe, you're stuck on <laughs> stuck on a ferry with someone. <laughs> it's so true. It was a but, long night, actually. Yeah, but it's cool. I mean, that guy sounds really cool. That's fun. So going back to like your 
2020 experience. Did you end up going on a date with anyone under 26? No. (laughs) Did you end up going on a date with anyone over 56? Mm, I did. I did a Zoom date with someone who was on the older end of the spectrum. Yeah. Okay. And how did it go? Um, I just, I think with older, the older guys that I've met, and this is why I just, the conversations tend to be really serious and I can't quite figure out Mm. how to get them to not be serious because I don't think that every guy that's older is a serious person. Um, maybe it's just the way it's happened. So I was on a date with someone who was a little older the other day and it started with like his, his business and the challenges that his business has been going through. And it just took me so off guard. Um, and as you know, not even as a dating coach, but as someone who's like interested in meeting people and like wants to date people, what I try to do in those situations, I like try to change a subject and make it easy for them to talk about something else because it's really hard for me to connect on that topic. Um, especially on a first date. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important like to give the guy a break because it's just, you know, he's nervous or he doesn't exactly know what to talk about. And that just seems like an easy place. So it's It's safe. Yeah. It's totally fine. It's totally fine. But my role in a date and my, like my goal in every date is to make that person feel as comfortable as possible so that I can really get to know them because it's 45 minutes that I'm dedicating to that person. And then after that, like I may or may not do that again. So I just Mm -hmm. want to make sure. Um, So my experience with older guys has been a little bit like, it just feels like super serious. And also really um, that those are the guys that kind of ask me like more of those questions, like what's been your experience on Bumble or tell me about your last relationship. You know, those, those types of questions, which I'm totally open to answer, but I, I find them really unromantic. Um, <laughs> they really are. Yeah. I hate that. It's sort of like, um, yeah, it feels like a business interview. Like, tell me, your, uh, tell me about your last job. What was, what was something that you brought to the table? Like, what do you feel you excelled at at that last position? You know? Yeah, totally. And then with the younger, I mean, 26 is young, but I have dated younger guys. And with younger guys, um, I find it kind of the opposite. Just like a little bit mindless, like very fun, um, very cute. But there is a little bit of a sense of like, well, I'm 45, he's 28. Um, like, I'm not really sure. This is not probably not going anywhere. You know, there's a little bit of that doom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That doom. Do they know you have kids? Yeah, I'm super. Is that in your profile? Okay. Yeah. Um, but it's really fun. And I like, we talk about music and we like, just it's I, I don't know for some reason I find it a lot more fun I feel like the energy is more like guys that are younger haven't aren't burdened by all the bad decisions they've made <laughs> and they're like have a ton of energy and they're the thing that I love the most about dating younger guys though is like they're really for whatever reason they're really excited to be dating someone my age like it's a thing really yeah it's a total thing for them <laughs> And that's like, it's like novel it might be. Yeah. It might be like perverted, perverted and weird. I don't care. Like, I just <laughs> you're like, like, I'm into it. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm 45 and you're Let's dating do it me. to me more Ashton you're Kutcher relationship. You know, I'm 45. Like how, like, I don't have to hide it. Like I don't have to act younger or like 
feel self-conscious about my age. Like, oh, this is actually why you're here. Like, let's do this. <laughs> That's true. It's not like you yeah. met in real life, like at a bar and then you're like, hey, you know, spoiler alert, I'm actually 15 years older than you. Like they know on the dating app exactly what you bring to the table. Yeah, they totally know. And um, it's really funny to be like, actually, I did do an experiment where I changed my age on the dating app. So instead of quitting 45, I put 35. Mm. And I, this, this is where all the men my age were hiding. I got so many matches with <gasps> my age and they were cute. They were really cute, really cute guys. My age, like all the kind of guys that one thinks one wants to date. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think that was a little bit the trick. So wait, I, wait, wait. So you put your age as 35, but they were 45. Yeah. So I would always say it in the very beginning, I would say, oh, well, like before we go, like we would match, be like, hey, hey. And then I would say, hey, just like before we go any further, I want you to know that I'm not, I'd be like, I'm not 10 years younger than you. I'm actually just the same age as you. And I would always put it like that. Or I would be like, I'm not 10, like I'm not 20 years younger than you. I'm only 10 years younger than you. Like I would put it like in those terms, just because okay. I think it's ridiculous that someone wouldn't date someone else their own age. Totally. And in most cases, they'd be like, yeah, that's fine. And we would meet up and it was, it was like totally fine. But uh, I can't remember my point. But I guess the thing is, yeah, just the age thing. Um, I mean, I've well, had this before, but more so. Here's my question. Sorry yeah. to interrupt you. No. So this is my question. It's like, so you put, um, so these guys are 45. Mm -hmm. You put, so what I'm saying is that these guys are limiting their algorithm to look for women that are younger than them, mm -hmm. but they don't want to look for women that are the same age as them. Yeah. Yeah. And this is actually, hmm. I mean, got, interesting. The, well, the fact that guys like younger women, and I, I mean, I, I say that I'm not, I am generalizing, but I'm also citing academic research. Yes. Um, you know, the economist put out a really interesting study on this, it's like documented. Um, the fact that men like younger women is fine. Like that's you, you have the right to date and like anyone that you want to. Of course you do. Yeah. And so, you know, we can like say that it's wrong, but it's, it is what it is. So then that's, but that's shaping my dating experience because I'm not going to lie about my age. So I'm 45. Right. So a man that's 45 is going to search from 26 to 34. And so we're just, we're just not going to meet anymore. We're not. That just seems anymore. like, like you said, like, um, it's all fine and good until you, you fuck with my dating experience. It seems unfair that, and I, I realistically think that someone who's like within two years of your own age is probably the best match for you because you have the same point of view. You know, I've, I've gone on dates with guys in their twenties and I just feel there's like, um, there's, you know, there's. People in their 20s were brought up with phones in their hands, and I wasn't. And so there's a, there is a small, different approach to life. And it's the same with older generations. Like, they don't quite understand 
Twitter, for example, like there, there is a generational language that is sometimes present or missing, you know? And so if you grow up around the same age, you're likely to have more of the same viewpoint on a lot of things. And so it's unfortunate that guys at our age are just like missing out on all this wonderful <laughs> race and Jeanette that the world has to offer. You know what I'm saying? Well, yeah. And I think, um, I mean, you're right. Like guys, I've really, I've never, I've dated one guy my age and it was so, it was so foreign to me. Uh, Oh really? Yeah. It was, it's actually, we're still really good friends, but it's just funny. Like he's wait foreign good or foreign bad. Just like, oh, it's so weird that he's my age. Like, I'm reminding myself, like, oh, you do know the same TV shows as me. Oh, my God, that's so weird. Um, (laughs) But, you know, the challenge, though, the challenge, though, is I had to really look at myself. Like, okay, well, if you're going to be pissed off that men your age won't date you, then maybe you ought to start dating men that are much, much older than you. Because if good my, point. Because Very if my whole point. thing is like, oh well, I'm so much younger than my age. Well, then why can't someone who's 65 be younger than his age? That's so true. Yeah. But I am really intrigued by this whole concept of like this almost like reverse tunnel syndrome, where the guys in your 20s are like how we are, how you and I were in our 20s. We're really open. We're less likely to see flaws. We're here for the experience of it. And like as you get older, that tunnel tightens, and you become this really. Um, serious person who has very specific values that need to be met. And um, it's like an interview going on a date with them. Like, how do we, I don't know, how do we adjust for that when we're dating? Do you know what I'm saying? Do you mean, well, I think when, when, as you were saying that, my reaction to it really is, I think it's important for me, I'll just speak for myself because this is about me anyways, right? There you go. <laughs> it's been really important for me to, to care a lot less and to really go back to that. Yes. To go back to that. I'm in my twenties. Like I really, I want to make sure the person that I'm with, I can trust him. And I want to make sure we have a good time. And he has like, he's like a good person. And I have a way, you know, I, I really take things slowly. I, um, I never rush a connection. You know, if I need to date someone for a year and it doesn't go any, it is, if, you know, it, it like, it, it can take as long as it needs to take. I'm not, I, I don't have a timeline on these things. If someone asks me on four dates and I don't hear from him for three months and then I hear from him again, it's totally fine with me. It just, it doesn't, it's all, I can't, I don't really know how to say this. A lot of women that are dating in a different way would expect after the fifth date, we're going to have a talk about being exclusive. Then I'm going to meet your friends. Then this, that, and the other, like I, I really have let go of that, um, for better or for worse. And, um, I'm really focused on like, what is like, am I happy to hear from this person? Do we have Mm -hmm. fun? Do we go on fun dates? Um, and you know, how is this person adding to my life? Because because I'm single and being single means having choice, you know, and having, having freedom and independence, but that freedom and independence is not valuable. If I'm just sitting around waiting for the perfect person. Oh, true story. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I got an amen. <laughs> yeah. So I think really this idea that someone has to perform a certain way for me, 
I've really, I've really let that go. Now, the funny thing, the funny thing about COVID though, because before, I mean, you know, self just what was it? Full disclosure. Like before I might be dating, dating, not necessarily being physically intimate with, but like I might be talking to maybe three or four people at the same time. And it was totally fun. And, you know, I would go on see one guy, maybe once a week, one guy, once a month. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, who's free? Like, let's have fun. Totally. Yeah. But these are all men that like I care about and they care about me. And, um, when COVID broke, one of the men that I was really friendly with, like he really helped me out, you know? And mm-hmm. so, but the, the funny thing is, so like being single to me, it never meant being alone except for during COVID. Mm. It actually meant being fucking alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. alone, alone. And I really yeah. had to challenge some of the, you know, this idea that like, I may not need a relationship. Maybe it's fine to be single Maybe this is just, you know, like what you said, well, what if it doesn't happen? So what, you know, that has actually been a big shift for me. So I think now more than ever, I'm like, no, it actually is really important for me to find somebody great. It doesn't mean that. Whereas before, I think I might've even been a little defiant, like, well, I don't necessarily need anyone. Mm -hmm. Like this is just a cultural social construct. Like I don't need a partner. But actually, after Corona, I thought, no, I actually do, because this sucks. <laughs> this <laughs> Listen, is terrible. You're not alone in that. And I think, yeah. I think like, being single, especially, like, for me, being single meant I'm, like, even right now, I'm, like, by myself in my apartment 24 hours a day. That's, like, like super single, alone, alone, as you said. Like, I think that hit a lot of people really hard this year. And I think that there has been a slight shift in approaching dating or, like, how seriously people took dating you know so you're in good company yeah but i'm dying to know mark <laughs> what? what your perspective oh, yeah. <laughs> hi welcome back your perspective sure. on all of this um like ageism that we're experiencing over dating so fill me in on your experience uh as it's been dating <laughs> Um, sorry. So you were saying something the age. Yeah. When Grace and I were talking a lot about this, like, um, perception around dating about the way that guys will not date women that are their same age. Um, you're, you're 54. Like, have you dated a woman in her early sixties? Well, it's interesting because what's that rule of like, maybe, okay. This is a rule for guys. It's like half your age plus seven. That's the lowest that you should date. Right. I've never heard that. Is that real? It's something like half your age plus seven is about as low as you should go. Where does the seven come into it? Where who invented that? It's probably with the Urban Dictionary type thing, you know. Or obviously, as I got as I gotten older, I've heard that a lot because twenty two and a half plus plus seven. seven. Twenty nine and a half. Okay, that's you know that's about. um, But you're but but it's it's true. Is like. I remember when I was 19, I dated someone who's 66, uh, 66, sorry, 26. That seemed um, like studly. Um, you know, you're in college, but right, being 54, I have not, uh, I don't think I've been on a date with anyone my age um, in, um, gosh, uh, let me just like 15, maybe since I was in my mid 30s or late 30s. What? On purpose? My age. On purpose or just because? No, 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 no. I think it's, 
I think it's a few things. And again, I've, I've been in New York since uh, minus five years, pretty much my adult life, right? So that's my dating world is New York, which I think is quite different. I was going to ask you earlier, is this podcast, do you have guests who are not in New York? Sometimes, but the majority are New Yorkers. So yeah, I think often talking about how challenging it is to date in New York. Yeah. Yeah. The dating world in New York. I lived in LA for a while and um, actually thought dating was easier there, even though you're in a car. But my dating career has been in New York, um, which I do think it does open up a wide ver- variety. Although, like I said, I hadn't dated anyone older than me, but it's not unusual. I don't think to see women with younger guys or guys with younger... I think New York is an anomaly as far as as far as um, the, 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 the demographics or whatnot of dating. Um, Where do you think it comes from this whole I, stigma of like men wanting to date younger women? I think as guys in general as they get older probably don't want to accept the fact that we're getting older and there's going to be younger women no matter what that younger means to you, 10, minus 10, minus 20, minus 5, a pool out there. Whereas if I lived in Minneapolis right now, if I moved to Minneapolis my age, I'd be, in an, I'd be a freak. A single guy at 54, unless I not being divorced. Mm-hmm. So I think in New York, it just kind of, uh, it's, it's an interesting place to date and have these dichotomies of age or discrepancies between age, I think you can get away with it on both yeah. sides. It certainly is a safer place to sort of yeah. be who you are. And, and you know, there's a lid for every pod in New York City, forgive the cliche, but, you know, if, if you want to be a, a certain age and single, if you want to be 54 and dating someone who's 21, like, you'll be, you can find that here. Um, what is the, like, the smallest age difference that you've dated? My art director, basically, I'm in advertising and, I, and my whole career has been working <laughs> with a partner, right? And um, you're set up as a team. So one of my partners at the time and still is, is a very good friend of mine. And he met his wife, who about the same age, very young, 29. Well, you know, actually 25. So when we were all 32 working, I was dating. Like, I think she was 30 with 30. So essentially, that was the same. And we've, we're still friends to this day, but as I got older, at 38, let's call it, I was dating women 32. Hmm. When I was 40, I was dating women 33, let's just say. It just happened to be. But my joke with my art, my art director friend, he was like saying, you know, if you, you know, if you want to date someone your age, you know, you're going to have to date someone your age. So when you're 42, you're going to have to be open to dating a 42-year-old. Um, and it was just kind of funny because at some point, <laughs> I'm still single. I've never been married. <laughs> my bad joke is that if at some point, if I'm going to date someone my age, she's going to have to, <laughs> you know. What? She's going to be <laughs> possibly a grandma. <laughs> Meaning I have some friends I went to high school with who are grandparents. <laughs> you know. 
<laughs> which was kind of an impetus for me to try and say, like, Mark, you know, you're still single. So if you if you want to date someone your age, you have to be open to this kind of stuff. Yeah, but is that you bring up a good point? Like, is the fear of like, let's do the example of like Grace said, where she was like the guy that she was speaking to who was 45 who mm-hmm. only matched with her because she listed herself as 35 is the fear that if you are matching with women in their forties and their fifties, they come in with children and or grandchildren. <laughs> they could. It's interesting. I, I don't, it's funny. I don't really think about it that I, I have matched. So I heard Grace say like she moved around her profile ages. I have moved mine around to include, Actually, I haven't put it up to my age yet. I put it at 50, tops 51. Okay. <laughs> Baby steps. And um, Move it up the, to your age. And the, <laughs> the bottom is 37, I think, or 38. Something like that. Um, but it's interesting. I don't look at, if this is what you're asking, I don't, I don't consider the things they've come with at this point, at least here in New York, other than I would like to <laughs> creep it up and, I don't want to date someone 35. Um, Why not? Generally speaking. I think it's what you said earlier. It's like a generational thing. I, you know, obviously it's a very individual case by case thing, but in general, I don't think I would have that much in common other than maybe a, a couple of good fun nights or whatever dates or drinks or just conversations with a 35 mm-hmm. year old. Well, there's certainly like, there's, there's a lot to say for energy matches. You know what I mean? Like when, what you say, Grace is like when people say, Oh, people, people say the same thing to me and I'm sure they say the same thing to you. Like they don't think up. they're shocked to hear I'm 40 because I, I have a, 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 an energy to me that people associate with being younger. That's really all it comes down to. Like one of the things I really hate as a woman, people say, Oh my God, you don't look 40. And I'm like, but I am 40. This is what a 40 year old woman looks like. Your perception of right. what a 40 year old woman looks like is wrong. It's like, <laughs> what does 40 look like to you in your brain? I'm in front of you at the moment. This is right. what 40 looks like, you know? So there's definitely like, there's an accounting for that. I did knock my da- my profile down 10 years mm-hmm. for a while. Um, and it didn't really, and maybe because of the pictures, didn't really change the, I mean, my profile, sorry, my <laughs> my age. Right. You listed yourself 10 years younger. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, and the, um, but I kept my age range the same, uh, not up to fifty four. I think I kept like thirty three to forty five or whatever it was. It didn't really, and like, this is a guy's perspective, you know. It didn't really, for some reason, change the women that were <clears throat> swiping right on me, or, or, yeah, I didn't really see a giant difference when I finally owned up <laughs> well, to my age. I mean, like statistically, or these studies have shown that um, a man's desirability, um, according to age, doesn't really change that much. Hmm. Like it kind of peaks maybe in the late 30s, early 40s, and then it might dip a little bit in the late 50s, but it doesn't actually change. Whereas for a woman, it peaks at 18 and it's fucking oh, wow. steep, double black diamond all the way down. <laughs> So, um, so that's probably why you aren't seeing a huge shift. Yeah. Um, you guys, I'm, I'm actually quite excited to see what happens, Mark, if you're willing to do that and report back to us. Um, I've never really had a really intense conversation about, um, ageism in dating. That's really what it is. If we're going to just like call it out. Yeah. So, um, I'm really 
interested in exploring this topic more. And so tell us what happens. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, It'll be tough during COVID times, but maybe not. Who knows? You can do it. And Grace, yeah. if you go on any dates with under 26-year-olds, let us know. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> yeah, 26 is a little bit. It's, it's intense. Taking it a little it's, bit It's a far. new year, you guys. Like, there's, there's so many things that can happen. <laughs> I'm excited for you both. Um, this has been an awesome conversation. I really love talking to you both, and I feel like we could talk about this topic forever. Um, but I have something really exciting that I want to offer our listeners, especially those of you that have made it this far all the way to the end of the episode. Um, for 2021, Grace and I have been chatting, and we want to offer something um, – really beneficial to the listeners specifically of hashtag single for to start you off in a, a brand new year. Um, Grace wants to offer our listeners one free one-on-one conversation about their love lives. So this is like a 30 minute free coaching call with Grace. This is only going to be offered to the first five people that respond to this offer. So I would close out your podcast app ASAP and head on over to this URL. We created a specific URL just for this opportunity. So it's going to be a bit.ly URL. So that's bit.ly slash single podcast grace and grace is capitalized. So bit.ly single podcast grace. Um, and there you'll be able to redeem a 30 minute free coaching session with one of the most wise online dating experts that I've had the pleasure of getting to know. I would just like to add something to that. Yeah, um, please I do. love, I love hashtag single listeners and any person who is curious and open-minded enough to stick with us for this podcast while we went through the nuances of ageism and dating and me and my crazy experience and, um, find this stuff interesting. Let's talk. Because nothing is more interesting than talking about dating and talking about yourself. And that is what I do with my clients. We can go through your text messages or we can just talk about how you're feeling. Because actually, as vague as that sounds, how you're feeling is basically everything. Um, mm, especially in COVID, yeah, how you're managing totally. being single and alone and dating and your mental health around yes, that yeah. is everything. Yeah. So obviously, as you can see, guys, Grace is uh, in there in the trenches with us. She understands all the nuances of uh, dating apps and <laughs> age ranges and um, Zoom dates, if you will. So I'm so excited for you guys to connect. Grace and Mark, thank you both so much for being here with me today, being my first one-on-one episode for January. Um, I really hope that this year brings new experiences for you both, for all of us. I'm including myself in that, please. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, you and, first. Um, <laughs> thank you. Actually. That's so nice of you. And, yeah. um, and please do keep me posted because I, I, I love um, just like updating people with, with uh, any Mark, positive gonna stories. A, or- Mark's going to be a grandfather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just like that. Boom. Grandkids. Three years <laughs> to his data range. My parents will be so proud. <laughs> Fast track. You've already always been an overachiever. Fast track. <laughs> um, I'll be sure to link that uh, URL in the podcast description too. And I'll um, connect you to Grace's website, which is a good date.com. If you didn't catch that at the top, um, just make sure I'll give you all of the information so you can connect with Grace if you would like to chat with her further. And I'm really looking forward to seeing where that goes for you guys. So um, once again, good luck to everybody, including any of you listening right now. And we will catch you next time.